Hello, hello. Here we are again with the weekly football show on Belfast Live. Back again by popular demand, it says here. Glen Torren legend, Paul <laughs> Lehman. And alongside us, our special guest this week is a top striker, Matthew Tipton, who now has one of the toughest jobs in the local game. He's the manager of One Point Town. Matthew, you're very welcome, my son. Thank you. Uh, bit of a confidence boost last Saturday. Three points, winning at Carrick. Three points in a clean sheet. Um, a massive confidence boost for the boys. They've been performing reasonably well. Even all season, there's a couple of games I could pick out, you know, where I don't think we've performed as we should have. But over the last three or four weeks, certainly, we've been playing more like what I'd expect. And to go to Carrick, you know, a bit of a cliche, tough, awkward Ooh. place to go and get a win. We were just delighted to get, get out of there with the three points and a clean sheet. And a precious three points. Takes you up to ninth. Dizzy heights of ninth, eh? <laughs> we, had, uh, we nosebleeds Saturday <laughs> evening, travelling down the road home. Um, yeah, I suppose we, it's massive. Um, you know, if you pick up, pick up points against the other, you know, I suppose everybody's classing it as our own mini league now, the other yeah, teams around us. Yeah, there's a team mini league down right in so the basement. In the last month, we've, uh, we managed to beat Balnamallard, Carrick, and um, we were beaten at home off Ard, uh, away from home against Ard. So we're kind of coming on top of that little little group over the last period of games, and, and long may it continue. Yeah. So as we look back to last weekend, Carrick nil, one point two. It ruined my bet. <laughs> what did you make of that result, Paul? I, I tipped Carrick as well, Jackie. So. Uh, <laughs> See what we know, eh? <laughs> it, it delights me when you guys tip the opposition on here. Um, I can prove you wrong. No, but it's a, it's a huge win. You know, Carrick obviously was the home team, and you know Carrick have been resilient in a lot of games. And as Matthew said, it was one that he expected to be a tough game, but it, it's a fantastic result for for Warren Point. And as you say, it gets them up the ninth, and that's a real confidence boost for Warren Point going yeah. into the, another big game this Saturday. What pleased you most about last Saturday? The clean sheet. Yeah. Honestly, it does. Um, I know. As a centre forward by trade, um, as a manager and a coach, I know that my team has to be built on a on a solid backline. And people may not think that looking at some of our results this season, but it's something that we continually work on, and we know we can't be successful without you know a good backline. So that was the biggest pleasing thing. Um, Stephen Murray getting two goals. You know he's had a rough start to the season, not been getting as many goals as he or I would like. Um, so hopefully that'll give him the confidence now to go on and start getting the goals. And a big result last Friday night. I was there, Ballymena United 2, Linfield 1. The champions, Linfield, four league w defeats in their last six. Yeah, Not good. It's really worrying for him for Linfield. It's something you know we don't expect from them. They're, they're obviously coming off the back. They're league champions, double winners last year. Started the season so well, not conceding many goals. and. You know, for weeks now they've been they've been conceding. They're on a really difficult run in terms of their form, not scoring as many goals as they were before. And, and I've said it for a few weeks in the show now. The team seems to be really a lot of changes being made in the team, and the team doesn't seem to be settled. Um, certain players are out of form. Certain players not even in the team. So, you know, I think Limfield have got to try and get some consistency back and, and quickly because all of a sudden they could find themselves right out of the title race, even. This, this early in the season. I would never write them off, but they've got a massive game this Saturday against Coleraine, and it's one that they probably have to win now. That's right. Strange results at Windsor Park, Matthew. It is, and I suppose, well, I'd love to be in a crisis that they're in <laughs> 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 and be sitting up at that end of the table. 
but every you know obviously I played at Linfield and every time you lose it is a crisis mm. um, I don't think David will be treating it like that I think they maybe draw strength from the fact that last year they were you know, they were so far behind Crusaders to overtake them. Nine points behind in January or something. However, now they're behind Coleraine, Glenavon and Crusaders. So for them to overhaul them, they all need to have a blip. You know, one yeah. team, you know, you might hope, look, if we beat them twice, that's six points clawed back. You have to do that over three teams. Um, I think this weekend will be... You don't want to say make or break the season because that's a stupid thing to say in November, but it would have a massive influence on the outcome Certainly of the title. Would. They're 11 points off Coleraine. Yeah. So this Saturday is a big, big, big match. It's a big match. And the other thing is, Glenavon and I only five points behind Coleraine. So Coleraine will be going into that game at Windsor thinking, you know, we've got to, we've got to stay five points ahead of Glenavon as well. So it's a massive game for both teams. But I think it's real significance to Linfield. They're still the home team. They'll still be the favourites to win that game at home. But there's a lot of pressure in Linfield because they're on such a bad run. But as Matthew said, it's only November. You would never write them off, but they don't want to be 14 points behind anybody. Not at all. Uh, United were one down in four minutes, come back. Two great goals to win it 2-1. What a boost for them, because they've been so-so. It is, and, and I know they conceded early in the game, but you know, by all means, the sec their second-half performance was, was really good. They came out, and you know Johnny McMurray scored a, the winning goal. It's fit enough to win any game. Oh, goal of the season contender. contender. goal of the season, yeah. yeah. And it's a massive win for, for uh, Ballymena United and, and, and David Jeffrey, and they'll be looking to you know get that little bit better consistency you know that they've been inconsistent they've started to cut out individual mistakes I've noticed and they're starting to sort of compete more in games and they'll be looking to get on or on the results because they could get themselves up around the fifth sixth place if, if they can get on or on the results yeah last night they get through the semi-finals of the league cup they are the holders of course uh, I think that's now five unbeaten so they're they're getting there yeah they're getting there, but it's, you know, still improvements to be made to get up. And where, where we all expected Ballymena to be was up in that top four, competing with the Coleraines, the Glen Avons. They haven't done that, but they do have the potential to do that if they can, you know, find that form that they had last season. Funny enough, all of Ballymena expected to be up there too, <laughs> but that's not the way football works. No. Next game, uh, Glen Torren won, Glen Avon two, played last Tuesday night. And uh, it was 2-1, wasn't it? 3-1. Yeah. yeah. But that would march on. Yeah, and I, I think I, I was at that game, Jackie. I thought the first half of the game, um, Glen Avon with the better side. Glenshorn took the lead and Glen Avon equalised more or less straight away from, from Andy Mitchell. But in the second half, Glenshorn came out and really on the front foot and really had a go at Glen Avon. They were probably the better team in the second half. But when they were on top in the game, they, they failed to convert their chances. And that's been Glenthorne's Achilles heel. You know, they haven't scored enough goals this season. Um, Curtis Allen had a couple of chances in the game, and he looks their biggest threat. If he's not scoring, you sort of wonder where their goals are going to come from. Yeah. Um, they need they, to turn it around quickly. They do, you know, in, in the end, you know, those chance, missed chances did cost them, and they give away two sort of soft penalties, what I would say, and they'll, be, they'll feel really hard done by in that game because it's a game they could have got something out of. But again, another defeat for Glenthorne. They're now going to Warren Point on Saturday, and that's another tricky fixture for them. Is it? It is. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I was at that game and I think exactly what you're saying. You could see the Glens maybe haven't won so many, so when the chances fell to them, they weren't as clinical or, you know, as what they would hope to be. Where Glen Avon, you could see with a team that truly believed. It looked to me, even though they, when they weren't on top of the game for the first 20 minutes of the second half, they looked 
the presence on the field looked like they knew they were going to win the game. And when mm -hmm. the penalty came, you know, it, it, it obviously it was a penalty. And then Sammy struggled at home, and from then, I just didn't feel like the Glens could get back in the game when they went yeah. two one down. Where you always felt, even if Glenavon conceded, they would still be well and truly in the game. Final game we have to look at: Cliffville five, Balna Mallard nil. I was working at it, and Cliffville looked good stuff. They're in the groove. They are. I think they've only lost one game in their last seven, eight league games, and that was the yeah. the Korean. Um, they're playing well. They're scoring goals for fun. You know, they're they're strikers who we've mentioned early on in the season. They've got a hit form. They've got a hit form. Donnelly and Gormley. They're they're now hitting form. Well, they had to get back into the rhythm yep. of part time yeah, yeah. football. Yeah, I think so. And now that's starting to come come through for them. And the team looks more settled. They're on a great run, and I think they've got themselves up into the top four now. Yeah, they have seven league wins in their last eight. Uh, what did you make of them, Matthew, when you saw them? I think I was on record as saying it was the worst game of football I've been involved in. <laughs> it was boring. I spoke to Barry after it and he said the same. He said it was kind of meh. It was just a wee bit magnolia, I, I think I quoted it as saying. Um, look, we were feared to death. You know, you're going to be, it doesn't matter, I suppose, any manager in the country going up against Joe Gormley, Rory Donnelly, Jay Donnelly, Daniel Hughes, got a lot Chris of Curran. <laughs> you know, these fellas can all play and, and they're a massive, massive threat. I think Liam Bagnall is a big help to what they do. Obviously, we, we lost him in the summer to Cliftonville. We sold him. Um, I think he's a tremendous midfielder and he gives, him, he gives him the base to go and play forward from because he'll keep his position in, in mm. the middle of the pitch and he'll protect the back for at all times. And he has a lot of energy, um, wins a lot of tackles, gets the ball and gives it to the likes of Chris Curran and Jay Donlin to go and feed. Rory and Joe up front. Yeah, they looked uh, very impressive. I have to say, Gavin Dykes and Balnam Mallard, sadly, I think the relegation trap door already is beginning to creak a little bit. Yeah, I mean, for a few weeks there, they were competing in games, they were losing games narrowly, mm. but I think the last couple have conceded 11 goals, you know, six against Linfield, five against Cliftonville, so, you know, that's, that's a worrying thing, and they're right down there now, and with teams around them, like Warren Point and, and Carrick, picking up points along the way Ballinamallard aren't doing that and that's that's going to result in yeah. the bottom of the table for them It's sad, it's always a nice place to go let's take a look at the Danske Bank Premiership table there we are, Coleraine still unbeaten, five points clear of Glenavon <laughs> they are four points in front of Crusaders, just one defeat and 14 for Glenavon uh, then we have uh, one point behind Crusaders, we have Cliftonville Linfield on 27, 11 points off the leaders, as we were saying. Then there's a five-point gap to Glen Toron, who complete the top six on 22 points. Then a four-point gap to Balamina on 18, Dungannon on 17. Then we have a six-point gap to Warren Point, 11, Ards 10, Carrick 9, Balanamalard, five points adrift on four points. <laughs> Matthew, management, was that always uh, on the radar for you? Um, it was something I always targeted doing and you know, I'd done my badges before we moved here. Seven years ago, it was up to me away for B. Um, yeah, and I, and I always fancied the challenge of management, um, I suppose then, um, whether I became a manager or not would always be down to somebody else. Yeah. Because you have to convince a board the football club that you, you, you're the right man to take them forward or to do the job that they want you to do and thankfully for me um, somebody 
at one point seen something in me and then obviously Barry approached me and Yeah, I was gonna say, how'd you get the job? Completely out of the blue. I was you know, I had no affiliation with Barry or the football club. I didn't I'd never really spoken to him, only, you know, obviously playing in, in matches against them and I think now I'll never know this I suppose, but I played a reserve game for Ballamine, it was my last ever game of football. David just took over, had been actually taking the Ballamina team for training when Glenn left um, and before David took over. I went and played in a reserve game at Warren Point, um, played in the game, whatever, and I decided that was enough for me. I couldn't really continue playing. You know, I didn't. You had knee problems. Yeah. My knee was, well, it was sore. <laughs> I didn't really like running around much more, Jackie, to be <laughs> honest. Um, and I just felt, you know, young Matthew Shevlin was there, and, and I felt there was a couple of other younger fellows about shooting next, yeah. and then I just felt, why, why am I playing in this reserve team? I'm, I'm stopping these young kids getting a game. So. I decided to hang them up, and I would really then focus on the coaching side, um, be that through my own business or the, the youth teams that I was coaching, and I would see what approached. After the game, uh, Marcus Woods, who was taking the one point reserve, said you'd make some manager if you talk to your players the way I did as I was playing. So I laughed. I said, oh, "Well, you never know." And then Barry approached me. Now I'm in the summer. I was out coaching. I got a text message just to say, "Look, would I give him a call?" So I did. Went and met him. Was impressed with what you know his football philosophy. It kind of married mine. Um, I asked him what he seen the role, you know, my role. What would I be doing as as a coach or assistant manager? And he basically gave me carte blanche. You know, said go and work on the pre-season program. Any players that you want to bring in, bring in them in. And I suppose, and I didn't realise that until after he left. I was that was my job interview. You know, from yes. that day forward in the middle you of didn't May. Didn't know then he was leaving. No, uh, he did. <laughs> Yeah. I never, um, so from the middle of May until I got given the job at the middle of October when he actually, you know, when I was, but it, I was officially appointed beginning of November, I suppose that was my interview, you know, could I deliver what they wanted as a club, would my training session stand up to the senior football side of things, because I'd only be coming from a youth football background. Um, thankfully they've, they've seen enough of me in them a few months to give me the job and, and since that day I've loved every second of being the manager. So it's a, it's a big step up as you say because I know your day job is coaching. Yeah, school children. Yeah. yeah. Um, so step up to the, the big league here. Uh, frightened? Nervous? Worried? Not really. Um, it's, a, it's a challenge. Every day is a challenge. Something, you know, it's, it is exciting. I love every second of it and, you know, I get exasperated sometimes just some of the, the issues that crop up. But, um, I suppose 20 years as a player taught me that each individual is different and if I can manage each individual as they need managing, um, the, the, the team management yeah. is a wee bit easier. Um, and when I say that, I don't, you know, I don't mean the fact of asking them where to play or how to play. You know, it's everything else that yeah. the young adults, a lot of them, you know, we have a lot of young fellas in the team and maybe what they think is the right thing isn't what I see as the right thing. Mm. I might be wrong. However, yeah. I pick the team, so um, <laughs> unfortunately for them, they have to kind of do what I tell them. You know, we don't we have a discussion about it, and then we decide that I'm right. <laughs> I think Brian Clough said he that. did. Yeah, he's a bit better <laughs> than me, isn't he, Jackie? <laughs> Matthew Tipton, the player, uh, briefly. Uh, you're a lad from Bangor in Wales. You found yourself as a 16-year-old at at Oldham, and you were at Mansfield and. You had three spells, including one on loan at Macclesfield, yeah. where you seemed to do all right. How did you find yourself over in the League of Ireland? Um, Macclesfield. My contract was up. Yeah, my contract was up at Macclesfield. Um, 
terms they offered me weren't, you know, they weren't acceptable and um, it was just the other stage of my career I was at and um, Bradford City, Peter Taylor had tried to sign me a couple of times from when he was at Hull City manager and a couple of other clubs um, and he was he just took over at Bradford so dropping a couple of names I was out having a meal with Ian Holloway um, and that is a name drop yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> with, I was so I'd said to him you know what what do you think I should do and whatever and, and he said just ring him Peter, I'd heard Peter said had fancied me but I didn't really know what to do and you know I was 30 but I was still nervous you know so I picked up the phone and I rang Peter and I went to Bradford and done pre-season with them and I was there for three or four weeks one of the strikers actually got sent to prison so I thought it might be a chance but as it turned out because they, they had a duty to still pay him he'd only just signed they, they needed to bring in a pacey striker which yes. at 30 had lost what little pace they had so he was doing a course and the Dundalk manager was on the course and asked him if he knew of anybody who would be there Ian Foster as manager and he said Matthew Tipton's been training as he's doing well I hope he said I was doing reasonably well <laughs> Fozzie rang me and offered me a deal um, to come to Dundalk and during that period had also been speaking with Ronnie the Godfather, make fall. Yes, um, about maybe signing for Port Down because Which they you eventually were did. Yeah, so that was it. Yeah, I went and Port Down were kind of they were in Europe that year and they were trying to sort this, that, and the other out, and they maybe needed to move one or two on before they could bring me in. So I said, look, I'll tell you what I'll do, Ronnie. I'll go and sign for Dundalk have a six month contract there, um, and then we'll we'll chat again. So I went to Dundalk and obviously I was coming up because they played Friday night. So I was watching Port Down on the Saturday. And come and stay in coma with Dave and went down to a couple of training sessions with Port Down. Ronnie said, I'll watch you playing in the game. I said, no problems, big man. You come and watch me whenever you want. I said, we play Shamrock Rovers on Monday. That'll be a decent game for you to watch. They're 17, they'd won on the spin. Michael O'Neill was the manager. And we beat them 5-1. That's right. He's got a hat-trick. Um, so <laughs> I rang Ronnie after and I said, did you see enough? <laughs> what do you think of that? <laughs> um, so that, that, yeah, the contract offer was quite quick coming. Um, so soon after, so... I was living in Dundalk by myself and um, back in the children were back in England. James was only a baby at that stage. So I just said, look, back, what do you reckon? So she came over for the weekend and, and we had a look about and she f- said, ah, it looks a nice place, we'll, we'll move there. Um, and that was it. We yeah. came, we took a house and come around the corner from Dave and, and Rachel and, and their children and we've settled in and yeah. that was seven years ago. You had a good time at Portadown. Your ratio was good, goals against games. What was it? 37 and 50. 37 and 50. You ever scored 37 and 50? I scored 45 and 600. Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was as good as a god. Maybe Wait, I should have played centre half. <laughs> they might have well, thought it wasn't bad. I know you had spells at Linfield, Ballymena. I think you won a shield at both yeah. clubs, the County Adam Shield. Uh, any regrets? I didn't want to leave Potter. I think, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not hiding anything here. I signed on the basis basically that it would be two and a half years, but the contract went into for eighteen months, and then we were just going to, you know, take it on rolling. But I felt the Ronnie maybe dragged his heels a little bit. You know, I think he thought I'd suffered a couple of injuries, which I had. I broke my collarbone. Mm. You know, you know, I suppose that can happen to anybody. I broke my collarbone and and rushed myself back after four weeks yeah. to play. Um, played against the Glens at the Oval. It was Ronnie's twenty fifth anniversary and stuff. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to play. I'll give it a go. And I, and I suffered a couple of calf strains because I wasn't fit to play. Yeah. Um, but you know, I thought I'd done enough over the 18 months to prove that I was worth two years. Mm. You know, considering the sacrifice we had made as a family to move over here, um, they wanted off me a year on a little bit less money. 
and then peeled off for me two years. Um, and I went to them and I said, look, can we just do something? And, and I kind of played with them, but um, Port Down didn't want me for two years. And Big Davey convinced me that two years at Linfield. And, and I thought at that stage of my career, I was 32, 33, I was going to play for a club who was playing the Champions League, which you know would have never yeah. happened. The level I'd played in England, um, when I signed for them, they were Premier League and they got relegated to the Championship and then to League One and they're still in League One now. And then... Macclesfield, where I spent the majority of my career, was League Two. You're never going to play in Europe. You're never going to play in front of, of yeah. you know, Windsor Park and in the National Stadium. And I thought, well, why wouldn't I give myself that opportunity to do that? Um, went there two years and they weren't successful at all. <laughs> I thought, you know, I thought these <laughs> fellas, they've won six doubles in seven years. I can maybe get yourself a couple of trophies here, Matthew, at the end of the career because all I do have now to give the children is memories. You know, a yes. couple of medals here and there from county cups and different things but there's no great big yeah, honours football too is about the friendships and the camaraderie and I mean I've been all that off a few trophies like, the, the trophies at Paul like has Paul. I, would, I don't have any friends now and, all I've, and I've no trophies either I'm a manager now nobody wants to be friends with a manager no you're right but it was brilliant and, I, and I, to be honest even though um, we didn't do so well at Linfield the, the, what I learned in my time there off David um well, hopefully stand me in good stead going forward as a manager. Mm. We wish you well. Thank it's you. It's a tough job, mm. Leeper. You remember that. Yeah. I don't he'll, get, he'll get a big club. He's a good, he's a good guy. I probably. <laughs> he's from Belfast as well. <laughs> Let's look forward to this weekend. We have six games for you. The odds, as always, supplied by McLean's. Linfield <laughs> in fifth place. Top of the table, Coleraine, match of the day. And what are the prices there? Linfield are four to five. Coleraine, 13 to five. You're not allowed to bet, but you think the Blues could win this? I do, yeah. I just fancy them, you know. Um, I think they may be strip it back this week and go and treat it just as a complete one-off game. They need a result. They'll be hurting. Well, they should be. And if they're not, they'll soon find out about it from David and and the rest of the staff and then everything else that carries at Linfield. Um, but I do just think in a one-off game, maybe they'll set up a little bit differently and, and just go and get the result that they need. Tough one to call. Jackie, as I said before, lots of stake for both teams, probably more so Linfield because they've been on such a difficult run. So that creates an, its own pressure then, you know, because the Linfield need to go out and get a result this Saturday. They're playing the league leaders and Cole Rainer, no, you know, They've answered every question so far. Mm. That's a tough, tough game for both teams, and it is, it's yeah. it's a really tough one to call. Balam Allard, but on the the pile, uh, Glenavon in second place, and uh, seven to one Balam Allard. Of course, you'd expect that four to fifteen Glenavon. Yeah, you'd, bookies have got it right. You'd expect them to, you know, Balam Allard have been conceding a lot of goals in their last few league games, and Glenavon are, are free scoring, and you'd expect them to go and score a few goals. They're on a good playing surface as well. Crusaders two to eleven. And they're at home to Carrick in 11th place. You can get Carrick at 17-2. to two. Yeah, Crusaders' home form for a few weeks there was worrying, but they seem yeah. to have you know, turned the corner again. They're, they've been on really good form, and they're also doing really well in the, in the Iron Brew Scottish Cup as well. So confidence is high at Seaview. Beat the Blues again in the Cup midweek, and you, know, you can't see anything but a Crusaders victory in that one. Ards in 10th against 4th uh, place Cliftonville. And 19-5 uh, Ards... Cliffville eight to fifteen. 
Yeah, they should be the favourites. They are the favourites, and we said earlier in the show, Cliff and Villa are playing really well, scoring for fun. Ours are on a really difficult run of fixtures now. I think they play all the top five, six teams. Yeah, another tough game for them. They're at home, and you know they're not really expected to get anything against the top teams. You know, Ard should just go and have a go with Cliff and Volley. You'd be hoping they don't. Yeah. <laughs> well, the last three fixtures, um, I'm hoping you guys are correct in all of them. No, but Cliff and Villa are, are playing well, and you've, you've got to fancy them. Mm. And then we've got a big game, Ballymena 7th, Dungannon 8th. It's important in terms of the top six, eventually, for both teams. It is. That's a big game again, but again, Ballymena... Ballymena are evens, yeah. Dungannon 2-1. to one. I'm going to go for Ballymena. You know, you mentioned that they're on a good, a better run of form, picking up a few better results. They're at home as well, and you know that's that's the games that they've sort of come unstuck. They've been able to beat the Linfields and go to the Oval and get good results and stuff. They're now at home to Dungan in the game where they're probably expected to win. They've got to yeah. step up and be counted there. And uh, the last game, Warren Point in ninth place, lofty position. And uh, Glen Torn in sixth in a bit of problems, and here's a good price. Warren Pointer, 85 to 40. <laughs> I think that's two to one, Matthew. And uh, evens for Glen Torn. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't think, I think it's a tough fixture for Glen Torn, but I fancy them to win on the road. I know Matthew's sitting here and he won't Do not offend that. our guests. No, I, I just think <laughs> Glen Torn need to, they really need to get a win this Saturday. Yeah. It's away from home and they sometimes play better away from home. Mm. But they've got to start creating the chances. They've got to start converting the chances that they're creating. That's been yeah. Glen Torn's Achilles heel. One point, Glen Torn, the draw is 13 to 5. That might not be a bad bet. But anyway, your double, I am going for, I'm going for Cole Rain. Okay. Because I think Linfield are, there's something not happening there. 13 to 5, and I hope I don't. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> Ballymena United. I'm going to, for Ballymena to beat them, Gannon at the Ballymena Showgrounds. They are even money. So that would be 80, uh, 40 quid. That would be about 160 quid. <laughs> I'm going to go for Ballymena as well, Jack. Even <gasps> money at home, and I'm going to go for Glenshorn, even money away. Two even monies. Right. Matthew, thank you very much. Thank you for Brilliant. coming in. Cheers, Paul. Cheers thank you. And Lieber, Bye. popular demand <laughs> said here. You're back. That's it. Hope you've enjoyed the programme. And as I say, it's a good product, you know. That's why we're all involved in it, because we love it and we enjoy it. So get out there and support your local club. We will see you next time. Bye bye. Yeah.